Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's up? What's, what's up? up? What's up? What's up, man? Hey, everybody, this is Evan Layton with H Town Happy Hour. Derek Diaz Levy, H Town Happy Hour, number one podcast in the world, baby. Number one podcast in the world, bro, bro. Let them know. And we have a very special guest for you today. We have. Chef David Guerrero from Annie's Cafe, the Ceviche King. Yeah, uh, the Ceviche King. king. <laughs> I like Chopping that. It up, I like right. that. <laughs> so, uh, wait, why are you the king of Ceviche, bro? Well, actually, a couple of years ago, Historia Magazine threw me that nickname, you know. Wow. Uh, threw me a recipe. I have to throw a recipe. So you were anointed with this name? Yeah, well, we'll uh, have, uh, since we opened Annie's Cafe in 2013, we're about to do 10 years this December. Um, and actually, before that, a couple of years after I opened the restaurant, we used to feed the homeless in Eastern Town. Oh, that's mm. awesome. And that's why I tell the story to Catherine Shokas. You know, the homeless used to throw me uh, the name Ceviche King because I used to get my, <laughs> my 2004 Jeep Liberty mm-hmm. and get a ceviche and throw it to these guys. And like, some, some of them like, what the hell is this? You know, they were expecting something more, you know, fulfilling. But I said, well, this is what I like to do. You're so like, I'm yeah. handing out... Luxurious <laughs> cuisine, yeah. guys. Yeah. Here's some chips and a fresh shrimp ceviche. Yeah, it, w- it was fun. I actually, I used, to, I used to jump into that because if we will go to the under, underneath the bridge, it's like yep. a homeless camp, though. You yeah, yep. go inside there and just talk to you know. That's it was fun until I knew that it was kind of illegal. Yeah, the they, uh, they, they ticket people a lot yeah. nowadays for that, um, which is crazy in its own. But. Uh, where where does this ceviche come from? Why do you make ceviche? Tell us about it. Uh, well, I come from a country that is um, it becomes it, it's, it's starting getting popular our our own style of ceviche, but ceviche is all over Latin America, Mexico, you know, Central America. But the number one, I would say, number one country is well known and makes a name of it uh, uh, from our ceviche is gonna be Peru. Yeah. Peru has yeah. a, they're more famous for their yeah they're, they're this style of course yeah because a lot of chefs it, it was a whole wave of uh gastronomy wave in, in South America, especially in Peru, they became like very famous when it comes to ceviche. So mm. uh, when I used to live in New Jersey, when I moved from Ecuador to the States, I thought I moved to Peru, though. It was a lot of Peruvian <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Peruvian right. restaurants. Goes, am I back home? Am I at home yeah. right now? <laughs> and, and that's what I, uh, first first time I tried Peruvian style ceviche, and it was amazing, though. It's, it's, it's almost like a, it's, it's, not sing, it's not cooked all the way, you know, in lime juice, like mm-hmm. a lot of people think. It's, it's a little more like a, almost like a sushi with a little silky milk. Got gotcha. you. Know. So, so whenever good. you tasted this ceviche first, was your first thoughts, wow, this is good, or was your first thoughts, I can do better? <laughs> I can beat that. Since the day number one, I try to reach out. It's my number favorite dish to eat. You know, gotcha. I'm addicted to it. So you know, <laughs> let me tell you, bro. I've I've eaten your ceviche so much in a week period that yeah. I started to get like. Uh, sore in my mouth because so much <laughs> lime and citrus. Yeah. I just ate it like three or four days in a row one time. So I understand. It's very addictive. Actually, it, 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 believe me or not, it, cure, it, it does cure hangover though. Yeah. Really? It does, it's a cure for hangovers. It does like for fact, you know, you know, I remember one time one of my first restaurants that I opened here in Houston back in 2013. It was a very first ceviche bar in Houston. It, you know, of course, you know, I opened five restaurants You've opened I, sh- I, five I restaurants? I closed down five restaurants. I filled five restaurants, and now I have two. Hey, wow. beautiful. Wow. Yeah, so. Well, you know, that's a common theme that we actually talk about on this show, and so I'm glad you brought that up, which is, you know, uh, you, we will build our empire upon, what? how does it go? We'll build our empire on, on failure, failure after failure. failure. 
Fail your way to the top, yeah. man. Keep well, stacking L's until you get all the W's. Until you become kings of uh, uh, <laughs> So it's it's Andy's Cafe, right? Yeah, Andy's Cafe. That's kind of the flagship. Uh, we have we have that restaurant. No, well, actually, the, the, the what I was telling you, the first Chibar was in 2013. Yeah. And I used to, you know, like a day off, I came in to the ceviche bar, asked the ceviche girls, the, the, the lady, she does the ceviche, she said, give me two ceviche because I had a hangover. So <laughs> I know for a fact that it, it really does cure, though, because the spiciness, the acidity, all that kind of stuff is, yeah. you know, it's, it's really good, you know. Yeah. So, so, so I shake you, you up and wake you up. So what, what is one of the big separators or differentiators from your ceviche that makes it, like, that unique selling point? Well, uh, I get to travel to Lima, Peru, around mm. 50 times. I live in Peru for nine months. I work mm. in the one of the best. Back then, back in 2016, the best food restaurant in the world called Mairo. So I learned a lot of techniques from uh, different chefs. So and every time I go and try a Peruvian salsa, which I have to try, and, you know, I believe mine is pretty good, pretty solid, you know. Yeah. And also, and also, I totally understand, a chef can't tell us all their secrets, all right? I'm just prying for information. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, uh, our ceviche is very complex, I believe. Uh, it's the number one seller, and it has so many tricks, and, and it seems very simple, you know, to eat and whatever. You think, like, you just put li lime, salt, and... and Cerebral. But it's not just that, is it? And it's like every single item in the dish, it has a technique and it has a secret, let's say that, you know. And every every, every time you're trying to just get better and better and better, you know. Yeah. So until you get like, okay, this is this is really good. So I'm I'm the w I'm the worst critic, you know, myself. So when I make my ceviche and if I ca I really like it, it's like wow, it's, it has to be amazing because what anything I prep, prep you know prep myself, I will never eat it. But like, I, w I would say last week ago, uh, two weeks ago, I, I made one ceviche, and it was... It was, really the, it was it the bomb. Was yeah, it was a bomb. Yeah, it was really, <laughs> really good. He said, I have to go against my uh, normal code, and uh, mm, that's pretty good. Yeah. So what, what, what got you into cooking, man? Like, what got you into... How mm. did you s come up with, hey, I'm going to start my own restaurant? Well, that started, like, when I was, you know, a teenager. You know, of course, my mom... Not like everybody, every other mom wants the kids to be something like you know, right. big like doctors, lawyers, firefighter, you know, no, 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 surgeon, no, 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 like, uh, like, uh, like an architect. Yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> but I was always the black sheep of my family, and I yeah. wanted to be you know something, something different. I was always really into arts, you know, painting and things like that, and. Um, I don't like to study, I guess, you know. I don't <laughs> like to read books. He said, I like to work with my hands, ma. No, of Come course. On. So, so when I, but it, they always started when I was very little. So my mom was telling me when uh, I, I grew up in the family, they, they, they used to have restaurants before, especially for my mom's size. My grandma used to be cooking 24-7. Grandma was always in the yeah. kitchen. 24-7, I grew up with her. You know, my, it's not that my mom abandoned us or anything like that, but she used to work a lot of hours. So yeah. we used to have a nanny, but, you know, my grandma used to live with us, so... We, I, I can't help it, so I, I was yeah. just, just kind of in your blood. Yeah, and and for you know, like every single Christmas or any type of like holidays, a big event, it was a huge festive, like you know, like yeah. around this table, yeah. you know, food all over the place. It could probably feel, uh, yeah, uh, end world hunger. Well, it can, it, we, you know, they, they came from a big, large family, so um, a lot of cousins, you know, uncles, aunts, and you know, yeah, of course, a lot of food. So my grandma used to be an amazing cook. And all her sisters, you know, mm -hmm. had restaurants. Two of them in specialty. They have two restaurants. So, so if anything, you kind of stayed on the family path. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, you know, my grandma, is, is just she was like, like I said, in the kitchen, 24-7. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I think I get it from, from that side. And because I was so attached to her, and she was all the time in the kitchen, uh, I was trying to f- always figure out a way to stay in the kitchen. So my mom says that I used to put a chair down and just jump into the chair and start act- acting like wow. I was washing dishes, you know, when I was four or five years old. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she also another story told me that she one day she uh, I put myself inside the oven. Thanks God, with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the and the, um, the whole that could be ki- scary for a parent. I know, but you know, I was very wild. And well, well, Rob, I just decided just I want I, I told my mom I wanted to be a chef. That's it. Yeah. Then of course I ha- we have to immigrate right after that, um, and it was it was tough. And then so. We, we came to this country, and five years later, my parents decided to go back to our Ecuador. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like I have to immigrate back again, you know? So whenever y'all first were immigrating over here, did you have a goal in mind of, like, you wanted to do something with the uh, with the dream of starting a business? No. What, no? No, not at all. I mean, it was it was scary situation, you know? It was tough because, you know, I was I was 18 already. Mm. I have uh, had a girlfriend. I have to tell a girlfriend, hey, I'll be back in three months, you know. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I didn't come back 15 years later, which was, <laughs> was a big difference, you know. Big hey, stay difference. right here. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> never so, come back. you know, I, I didn't know anything about what was, uh, you know, immigrate to a different country. I was kind of like forced, let's say that word, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because, you know, I was, I was, an, I was overage, and, but I was still, I was be part of my family. So I choose to came here with my mom, my dad, my brothers. Yeah, that's it. And then when when they say that because uh, immigration status, you know, my bro, my middle brother, he wants to be a doctor, mm-hmm. and it would be so hard for him to be a doctor with a you know a status like legal status. I mean, yeah, right, right. So I'm, I'm very proud of him. He actually was working. He was in senior high school, and he was, um, you know, he used to work cleaning a a barber shop. Mm. And he 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 saved some money and he bought his flight ticket by himself. He said, "I'm out of here," wow. so because he wants to be a doctor. Yeah, and that's how everything starts. You know what that what that kind of reminded me of, and it kind of sounds like a theme that's gone on for even like with with your restaurants. It comes down to how bad do you want it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you're talking about your brother over here saving up, working at a barbershop, cleaning up hair, saving up money to get a ticket to make it happen. And you're talking about the times that you've had of continuing your success in the restaurant world. It just comes back to how bad do you really want it? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, you know, and like my brother, like 15 years later, now he's one. He's an amazing neurosurgeon. So yep. things pay off. You know? Saving lives. Mm. Yeah. yeah, saving lives it's for sure. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy, bro. That's like it's like the definition of the American dream, bro. Like yeah. you came over here, you immigrated over here, and then your your family went back to Ecuador, and you kind of. Say, hey, I'm gonna stick around here and, yeah, and see if I can start my own business. And how long were you uh, were you a chef and, and cooking and stuff before you kind of well, took the took the path to open your own restaurant? I start. I finished uh, culinary school when I was 23. You know, and then it took me like four years, like working doubles, sometimes yeah. three three jobs to save up some money. And I find an angel on my path yep. who actually ended up. Uh, give me, give me his his share for free because he's moving. He moved to Alaska. He says wow. it's okay when you're rich, wow. you pay me back. Yeah, so it was kind of an angel. Yeah, yeah. He invested on me. Uh, yeah, of course I would never forget him. Yeah, Beautiful. and so that was the first one that was le- legit. My 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 first 
I mean, have many intent in the past to have a restaurant, but you know, for you have to meet up with like bad people. They're just trying to use you. They yep. tell you like, oh yeah, I'll give you this restaurant, blah, blah. Not have anything signed. So let's say since 2000, uh, when I was 27, I had my first restaurant, but you know, it fails and then I opened a, uh, and this cafe with this knocking I, I used to have a little business plan and this little folder with like pictures of, of me being magazines and blah 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 and, and that's it and every single person I, I promise you, I used to take this little file with me I said would you like to take a look at my business plan <laughs> 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 any random person and this is very funny I took this file to a salsa salsa club yeah mm -hmm. I, I used to love salsa dancing right okay okay so I was on the table, and any person, was like, and I knew this guy. He was a, he's a Vietnamese guy. He, I knew he, uh, he had some, you know, cash flow, whatever. Yeah. And, I, and I approached him. I said, "Oh, yeah, let me look it up." So we met up next next day, and he never tried my food, though. Never. He never get to try my food or anything. Oh, he he did open my my file. He didn't even see the numbers. He just see like you know, back in 2012 and 13, I was like, 2012, I was very popular chef here in Houston. Because I used to, you know, get, jump into a lot of competitions mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I was. Um, you were active in the community. Yeah. Very much so. I was, I was, you know, doing a lot of press release and stuff like that. And uh, there was a company uh, that used to work. Uh, they had a PR company that, that helped me out a lot mm -hmm. tremendously. So, all, all, and so going back to the conversation, this guy, all, all he did was look at the paper and said, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. And that's it. That's how everything I mean, started. That's a, that's, a, that's a nod to you, though, bro. If you think about it, like, it's like you were saying, I would just show it to anyone that was willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Like, just I would carry my business plan around with me. Like, that that right there yeah. is probably what sold him more than anything. Like, him seeing you just putting yourself out there and, and, and like, you, like, literally just talking to anyone that can listen. Like, that, that right there is probably a big part of it, bro. Like, people see that, you know, and, and it, it means something. Like it's that commitment no to yourself. Right, right. But, you know, the number one challenge was, first of all, back then I didn't have papers, though. I was like, you know, yeah. just, right. you know, it, it was very tough. So, finally, definitely I find this angel who helped me out, structure the legal company and everything. It's yeah. just, you know, there you go. Mm. I think... Uh, I, I couldn't make it without him though so mm. it's a big big so whenever so whenever andy's cafe happened did you do the similar thing where you were walking around with your business plan for it no that was that was that was that, yeah. was, that was for this that yeah was so was beautiful it. so uh, the, for the first restaurant you know it, it fails because it was so busy though yeah you know mm. there was a big food critic here in houston uh, her name is allison cook yeah back in 2012 there was probably only 10 restaurants that held four stars in the whole Houston, yeah, and that was one of them. Wow! Wow! So yeah. because we ha we have uh, I have a really bad partnership, you know. I didn't know anything better. I was like, you know, I didn't know anything. I just right. knew how to cook. That's it. But I didn't know anything about numbers, run the house, all that stuff. So which is just as important. It's just yeah, as important course. to know the back end of the business, the numbers, profit margins, like supply, all that stuff is yeah. just as important as being the artist, the chef. No, like it took me like it took me like probably like around eight years to just kind of like okay now I'm like very comfortable with that you know and it's still kind of learning and it's still you know restaurants number it's very tough to be succeed so so yeah. when when did you know you had something special with the restaurant world? Um, we are in this cafe. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fair. Like, like I say, we're about to be ten years though. So yeah. that's a decade, bro. Yeah, decade. Uh, for me, for me. 
I will say like um, I call it is like an institution here in Houston. It's like yeah, so Houston it needs Anescafe to be part of the restaurant yeah. business. You know? Yeah, I gotcha. So I know a lot of chefs, good colleagues. Uh, they have like you know restaurants for many years. Like Hugo Ortega has Hugo's, Max yeah. uh, Cafe. You know, so, you know. So he has an institution like with Mexican yeah. cuisine. I'm doing the same thing with my with my cuisine. Like yeah. and your cu- and your cuisine, you were saying it encompasses. It's multiple countries, right? Yeah, it South represents America. every every single country is attached to the Andes Mountains. That's why I call Man's Oh, Cafe. wow. I like mm-hmm. that. So it started from Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Chile, and Argentina. Yeah. Which, by the way, in 2017, I got a, the blessing to travel to all these countries and stay there for at least a month to try the food, you know, the people, the culture. And that's extremely important because when I first opened my restaurant in 2014, I remember that. One of my best friends from Chile, he says, you know, with a Chilean accent, he says, ¿Qué tú sabes de comida chilena, culiado, huevón? Which I mean, like, what, how the fuck do you know about Chilean yeah. food, you know? <laughs> so that gave me my mind, like, really, really hard. Yeah. So uh, for a whole year, I saved up every single penny. Yeah. I didn't go out at all, you know, save, 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 save. And, you know, as soon as I get my paper, though, yeah. Uh, I went crazy though. I stayed there for like you know multiple multiple months, you know. And then that does that's exactly how you knew about the yeah. Italian food. It's exactly. Because you yeah. indulged in the in their culture and you went and experienced it. W- I went it. there. I talked to uh, to people. I used to go to the markets and literally like a crazy guy, random guy, approached yeah. to any person. Say, hey, here I'm chef in the United States and I own this restaurant that represent you know your country. And I would like to see if I can actually buy some food. And you invite me to your house. Wow. There's some countries that def- it was no problem. Of course, you know, back, back then, Venezuela was one of the crazy top countries. I, I, I didn't do it. I did it in Bolivia. I did it in Argentina. I did it in Chile. And Peru, of course, you know, in Ecuador, I had my own family. But and, and I did it in Colombia as well. It was it was amazing, though. So, you know, you go to their houses and talk to them and their families and the culture. Find and out, I, like, ancient secrets yeah. about what makes their food <laughs> yeah, so, it's uh, just uh, unique. Force it was it was amazing yeah it was a, a unique experience and, yeah. I don't think I would never be able to do it again though All right well but and also there was a time for you to do that because yeah. it was you had it was a time for you to study research and exactly. really dive in yeah. to what the palette was for these specific it's research countries. and development right I was I was blessing that have you know my family t- come over and taking care of my restaurant while I was gone and I have a pretty strong team that you know yeah. helped me out. I was like you know yeah what sort of team do you have around you. Well, right now it's very tough, you know. After <laughs> <laughs> all my guys pretty much gone. I mean, after the pandemic, uh, it's different though. Yeah. It's really hard to find. I mean, I put good good things in a lot of people, but you know, being a cook, professional cook, being want to be a chef is like very difficult. I don't think yeah. a lot of people wants to do that anymore. You know, it's it's long hours and it's hot, and yeah. you're 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 on that chef line. It's it's not easy. Like a lot of people don't understand. No, everyone wants to be on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok <laughs> and make money. <laughs> and that's it, you know? Hey, 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 yeah, hey, 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 technology it's like if you're not up to date with it you just get left behind right i mean it's hard you're you're doing yourself a disservice i mean y'all y'all are strong on instagram y'all are strong on uh tiktok even bro like i'm you're you're yeah i know your brother helps you a little bit with the tiktok too and 
even him like hustling in on TikTok. I was like, man, I need to. We need to step up our TikTok game. So like, I had somebody tell me about they saw the market on TikTok. Dope. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, they they yeah. do. Tick, it's crazy. Like, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're a business owner and you're not utilizing these different platforms because it's it, it, it's one, it can be free advertising, it's free marketing, and two, like you can also use the paid side of it. Like the paid side of it is even more effective than the free side, and it kind of counterbalances each other. Yeah. No, no, of course I understand. Like. It's not, I'm very old school chef, but I understand. Yeah. I have to understand that, yep. you know, marketing is extremely important. Like you have to put, you know. You know, now I haven't worked in the, in the restaurant with you, but I hear most of the time, most chefs have kind of like a short temper. Yeah. Is, is that true for you <laughs> in the chef, in the chef's world? Or are you kind of like, are you like the, uh, the angel? No, no. no. <laughs> I used to, I used to be like, you know, super top and, you know. One of my mentors, it was like the toughest person, toughest chef I ever worked in my life. You know, I used to actually, before my parents go back to our country, um, you know, I, I used to just finish work mm -hmm. at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I, we used to live in a very small apartment. My brothers, my mom, my dad, you know, and I, I turned the lights off the, on, on the kitchen and I was just acting up like, Playing with pads and calling <laughs> over the, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. because he was like very tough though. Like, but he's my mentor. Like, he's like yeah, supposed to be on you. It's almost like um, I would say it uh, almost like a military. Yeah, you know. Yeah, education like Marines. You know, like all you have to say is chef. It's that intense with the yes. chefs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I I live that and 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 I was blessed and lucky that I, I lived that era. You know, like you know, now these days a lot of chefs are like very because. Well, I was telling you at the beginning, like, you know, a lot of people, they, they have this entitlement, like, oh, yeah. I don't work harder because, you know, it's a totally different era, whatever. But, you know, my time was like, you know, man. Yeah. I have so many stories, like. It's tough. Yeah, very tough. But it, that's what it makes me, you know, it makes me be like that. Of course, uh, being Hispanic kind of changed my, my, my motivation to be, you know, and losing a lot of employees and being this asshole you just wanted to be the same person mm. you're not going nowhere yeah there you, know? you go that's a, that's a smart way to think so when i opened my last restaurant my kuna um i didn't care about anyone you know it's like being an asshole whatever and then i say well when i need them they will they will answer the phone but then i start calling everyone all the all guys no one answers yeah it means like no one yeah. wants to work with me anymore you know yeah. again so that kind of, it was a wake-up call for me. So a nice reality check. Yeah, out. I have to just change. You know, you know, I hug my guys, <laughs> especially ladies, you know, people who work with me, they're very loyal, you know, mm -hmm. hug them, you know, say thank you. Even it's just a little thing, how was your weekend, stuff like that, and it makes a difference for yep. them. You a, know? a saying I tell my team a lot, like, uh, you get a lot further with honey over yeah. vinegar. Yeah. And you get a, a, a lot further with honey instead of vinegar. Like, there's times to be firm, and there's times to... Uh, there's times to kind of like 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 be firm and and be like serious, but also like <coughs> you gotta realize no one wants to be around like someone that's just mad and grumpy all the time, right? No, of course. Yeah. So and 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 you know what I'm saying it it I think that goes for any field. You've you've got to know when to turn it on and turn it off, right? No, I'm I'm more re I'm more relaxed. I'm I'm kind of to be uh, hands off the kitchen now because I'm I'm very particular and I'm very like you know perfectionist so yeah. 
it's, it's very tough to work with me, to be honest. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but, you know, like, people who st stick around, you know, I love to teach them, you know, I like uh, to promote them. And, and also, you don't want to teach a bunch of people that aren't going to stick around either. Yeah, but you know? that's, that's tough, though, because it's just like, well, like, it's basically, um, we're talking about, like, each employee that you you train, you if, if they're gone, you're losing, like, $17,000 for each yeah, person. Yeah, all the training. You, and uh, training, you know. Yeah. Which, that that's a whole nother aspect of business that a lot of people don't even understand man hiring and managing staff is is not easy bro yeah. like hiring staff can be very hard whether it's just contractual work or salary work or hourly work like you you never really know people put on these amazing fronts and stuff in the application process and in the interview process like people can put on this amazing front and then when you're in the trenches with them is when you kind of really see who someone is and i've I've hired people myself and, you know, they were perfect on paper. They were perfect in the interview. And then yeah. in a week, in a weekend, they're like raising hell about something that is just like has nothing to do with them. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy aspect of business that a lot of people don't really um, understand or know about. Yeah, that's why I me mean personally, I like to, I like to, I'm making to do a stats. Well, there's a process like, you know, it's not corporate, but you know, like I, I make him to do like three dishes in one hour, first of all, and then after that they have to stash like you know, like that's a very common um, term to use in the kitchen. Like you know, pretty much you work there for three, four hours, see if you like it, if you don't like it, you know, if they like it, they stick they stick around. But most of the people they don't like it, you know, because they see the reality on the kitchen, you know, it's no. So uh, so I guess you know with some of that. I mean, is that some of, you know, would that be some of the struggles that you deal with would be uh, retainment of people, like keeping the people there? Yeah. I mean, there's <coughs> many factors. Right now, for example, we're looking in downtown Houston, you know. We're in a place that if you work in downtown Houston, you know for a fact that for sure you have to pay parking. People don't want to pay for anything, you know. They yeah. just want to have the check and that's it, you know. I'm the one who's paying for for their parking and stuff like that. And when yeah. they find out they have to pay, sorry, it's time that they have to pay. You know, which the city of Houston doesn't incorporate, <laughs> collaborating like you know, super tough under the bridge, so expensive. So it's very very challenging for 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 a small company like us to just cover all the expenses so people can stay. You know, it's yeah. difficult though. Then on top of that, you know, they want their own schedule. You know, they just want to do whatever they want so it's, it's, it's difficult at this time to run a restaurant business and it's not it's not just me a lot of colleagues and a lot of people always ask me hey do you know anyone who wants to work it's, it's very hard to maintain people yeah. though. so that's kind of a common theme yeah yeah and in, in all restaurants is what you're saying yeah, yeah. i mean and not not just restaurants though like that the people don't want to work nowadays like yeah, especially like say, you're talking pandemic. about after covid and stuff like yeah. people don't want to work and they want to get paid more to work less it's crazy like it, it's that is literally what people are looking for i want to work less and get paid more that's what, crazy. I, what i was referring about that the social media you know some yep. people they just want to do open yeah. you know whatever and yeah but i feel like the people that are just doing that and and pursuing social media and stuff like they're not going to make it well, that's just like a, a pipe dream for them, bro, because it takes just as much work to build that audience on social media. It takes just it's a grind of its own. It's yeah. like the people that are glorifying like, oh, I just want to be an influencer. I just want to. Ah. But they like, want to have no backing behind their influence. Right. And, and, and they're, they're, they're not going to make it 
Like it, 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 it's a lot of work to build an audience. <clears throat> it's a lot of work to retain an audience. It's a lot of work to take your audience and and convert it into like monetization. Like whether it's trying to get your audience to buy a product, whether it's trying to get your audience to come to your restaurant, you know yeah. what I mean? Like just having a bunch of, of followers on, on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook doesn't necessarily, doesn't equate to success, no, right? It, you have to monetize that audience, which is a whole different beast that's of its own. Part, of that's the yeah. hardest part. Yeah, that's the hardest part. I mean, looking looking into that and like, you know, so much work, yeah, I'm out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, it's it, like as soon as uh, you get done doing the work, what you come to find out is there's more work to be done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, every time. Right. There's another another things I'm pursuing right now besides being a chef. You know, like you know, doing selling things in Amazon. Also, mm -hmm. I open my own line of uh, jewelry, which is kind of like funny. Hey. Yeah. Tell us about your jewelry. Uh, talk about <laughs> the jewelry, talk about David. The jewelry, bro. <laughs> so, uh, uh, last trip I went to Ecuador uh, last year, uh, it was. Um, I met this lady. I always wanted to have this little red uh, bracelets. I didn't have it with me because I was working. And um, he didn't bring his empanadas or ceviche. <laughs> well, that was Derek's fault. He didn't tell me anything. No. Come on, Derek. No, we just wanted your, we just wanted your mind, bro. Yeah. We just wanted to talk to you. It's all good. Don't sweat it. So this this lady back in a little town called Otavalo, you know, and she's like, it was a huge connection because, you know, it's a thing that they, they only they they only have it you know it's like kind of like culture thing right mm -hmm. the indigenous thing so I asked her for fun like said would you willing to sell me one of those bracelets it costs like around four hundred bucks though because they mm -hmm. make out of uh, coral very expensive mm -hmm. thing and she went down there and she actually said yeah I, w I will sell it for you and he wow. cut in half and she built me two. And I didn't even realize that what kind of shop I was walking into, right? Because I was just looking into her hands. Mm -hmm. And that was a, a thing that is called Tawa, which is like a based library. It's a what? A based library. It's a, it's a little, uh, it's my collection is made of uh, sustainable jewelry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, you know. Uh, you said vegetable ivory? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Most of the people they get ivory from the from the elephants, elephants. which you is know, like illegal nowadays. It's illegal, yeah. of course, and that's why my my, my, <laughs> my my thing is it has a purpose, you know. Besides being you know helping elephants to survive longer, uh, when I get into deep into this whole new dream and goal, I, I, at the beginning I told like you know what, I'm just gonna spend two thousand dollars and I'm just gonna go back to state and try to make it extra class, right? But then. This whole <coughs> thing started like getting like you know super deep, deep like you know, and I'm into like so much investment right now. Like, but I want it to be big. So it started next month. We actually going live. Nice. Great. So, yeah. Which is crazy, bro. Like you over here, you you have your successful restaurant. You have two successful restaurants right now, and now you're you're branching off too and kind of bringing your you're you're bringing your culture all yeah. to the states, which is one great for the people of Houston, like Houston is, is a great spot to do that because it's, it's very culturally diverse and of its own. But you're, you're also bringing something to the table that isn't like saturated here in Houston. You know what I mean? Like you're bringing Ecuadorian food, you're bringing all kind of Latin American food as well as now you're branching off into jewelry. Like yeah. I, I think you've got a good niche here, bro, that is, you just keep on keeping on, bro. And, and respect to you for the hustle, the grind. Like uh, that's, totally, I mean, it makes it makes hard because you know I'm, I'm a guy, you know, yeah. and, and it's just it would be easier if I if I if I'm a girl like have girlfriends that would need yeah. to buy, you know, I don't yeah. have you know. You're sorry, good. this is this is straight up for, for make a necklace and rings and earrings and all that stuff for for women, right? Mm -hmm. And 
But I love I love the challenge and I take and yeah. accept it all because you know I I grew up with uh you know I grew up with my mom my grandma my two aunts five five cousins though so I have a lot of girls in my life yeah. you know yeah. being being a young adult so well yeah. and I mean well technically there's nothing wrong with that you understand that women are also consumers no of course and women also buy things yeah and so getting into a, a an industry where women purchase things. Not a bad idea. And yeah. I mean, men wear jewelry too. Look at your wrist. Look at, yeah. I mean, all of us yeah. got jewelry on. We all got something, man. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm later on, I'm working with a men's yeah. collection, something like that. Nice. Yeah. But it's fine. I, lo- I love it. It's, just, uh, it's a lot of work, though. You yeah. know, it's, it's a different thing that I've been learning everything by myself. It's like, I mean, it makes it easy because I kind of like know how to run, uh, and I, I run this business as almost as a restaurant, though. Yeah. Like, you know, be on time. Screaming right. at your employees, get the jewelry out. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. David, the jewelry's right here. <laughs> Sell it all. <laughs> so if, if, if y'all didn't know, like, first off, Andy's Cafe, their 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 restaurants at Post Post Houston, and then um, too, like he's 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 his his business his jewelry's business is he's a vendor at our market so if y'all want to see some of the uh, yeah. amazing jewelry he has or if you want to try some of this amazing food um november 11th is the next h-town market november 11th November 11th, number one market in the world if you it, know. it is it actually is and uh david's gonna be there and yeah. we've created an ecosystem of success where the diverse entrepreneurial spirit of the city has been able to flourish. Right. And, you know, thousands of shoppers. Like, we have a lot of cool, interesting vendors there. And, and y'all come check out some of his jewelry next time. Yes, guys. Thank you. Shameless mm-hmm. plug. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so what are some of the, I mean, so we know that, you know, with some of the retainment, like keeping people around, how hard is this? How hard does that affect the business? You know, being able to keep people around and some of the issues with the pandemic. Mm. How hard is that is to maintain business with all these issues? Well, um, when I started off Anne's Cafe in East Downtown, uh, it was mm. a struggle. It was only three people, yep. myself and two more guys, you know. Mm. We, I used to have this little bell on the on the door. Someone someone opened the door. I was just used to running, <laughs> take the orders, make, you know, be a host first. Be a yeah, host, yep. sit down wherever you like, take the order. So every time I'll be a waiter. Yeah. Go running on the back. I start prepping <laughs> the, the thing, you know? Bring him the water with hey, the lemons. Yeah, yeah. master. You know, yeah. be, uh, you know. I was just doing like five, uh, five things. You know, I think that's why he like believe God and you know energy. It's just say, you know, this, this is this is this restaurant for you, man. Yeah. Because you know, I put so much effort, so so many years of my life through, through through one surgery, brain surgery. You know, um, I have to shut it down twice the restaurant because of you know. First of all, the pandemic. I know it was actually the, they sold the property, yep. mm. so I have to move out. And then, then the pandemic went. You know, it didn't work. But it took me. It took me like a nine months break, and then finally we have ended up reopening the post. But you know, what makes our job very difficult is like even though we're in the third, I believe fourth largest city of in the United States. Yeah, and I, I know you said it's very culturally diverse, but. It's still struggling because when it comes to our food, they think it's like Mexican food, and yeah. and I love Mexico and and my Mexican but they, pause. But they try to group your food together in the Mexican yeah. food, and, and it's not Mexican food, is it? Of course not. And then we have to they have to understand that we have to export a lot of ingredients from yeah. South America to make very authentic. So yep. everything they export, import is you know expensive. So. Mm. 
And most people don't understand that aspect no. of the no. of the business world. I mean, no, that, that, that's the thing, dude. You, it's the first ceviche bar in Houston. Like that's, but I mean, that's an accomplishment yeah. of its own. It and is ceviche but is incredible. It's 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 still kind of like you know. It's it's uh, it's a struggle of like because it's different. Yeah, and it's unique. Yeah. And yeah. I always wanted to do something. There's me personal as a chef. I would never do anything like. I mean, I'm kind of mending my rules because I'm starting throwing a little Mexican. Uh, and actually, a new ceviche bar is coming up in the next two weeks because we're gonna do something more. Uh, is it called King Ceviche Bar? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like the name though. I like, I like the name. <laughs> I like it too. I mean, we we approach we very uh, fine dining approach uh, for ceviche. And I think. Uh, for some people, it's really very nice, very interesting, uh, but m mostly people just kind of like you know, the price is too expensive. So well, and also whenever people buy, they want to buy an experience. Yes, you know they want to buy the experience. They want to buy the, uh, they want the authentic ingredients. They want that, and I mean you but know wh where I'm at right now is I think it's all about volume. So yeah, that's why the experience yeah. it has to take like and I ha I have to twist a little bit. Right, you have to find the the, the happy medium, the balance yes. between pumping out volume and still creating that experience and authentic yes. like cuisine and, uh, i think i already found it because you know i don't think no one's willing to pay you know 28 dollars 30 dollars for a ceviche you know because yeah. i'm using fresh product yeah. and that's the big difference you know yeah you know so uh i'm still using fresh product but i have to go through a different type of uh, protein you know what yeah. I mean? yeah so it's just kind of twisting a little bit you know make a little more it's just putting your own spin on it and being able to make adjustments as the market moves and the reservation type of thing i don't think it's not happening anymore because it's just when it, when it, when when you put a reservation in your mind where you what you think like fine dining restaurant you yeah. know like you're expecting like something like tablecloth and blah 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 and stuff like that waiters so. to come out with wine and white cloths <laughs> over their hand <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like exactly that. or like in ecuador at, at your brother's wedding they serve the food like drill sergeant style yeah. all in uniform and <laughs> all it was it was, it was crazy yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't believe in fine dining anymore. Like, yeah. profit margin is very little. And it is. So much hassle. Yep. Like, you know, so. And also, I think more people would would be uh, likely to complain in fine dining, too. You yeah. know, especially because if they're like, you know, if my dinner wasn't 100% right, yeah. I demand service. You know, it, I feel like sometimes maybe in those fine dining arenas, it's a little bit, uh, people are a little bit more unstable with their emotions yeah i got a funny story that the the, the way we kind of met you was we used to we used to just go to uh andy's cafe over uh, at your spot in, 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 in east east you know east downtown over on that side we used to just go for lunch and stuff and then uh we would just go for lunch in in between work and we'd go with kirby kirby put us onto it and then um one day he was just like man i'm gonna get them to be a tenant at post and we were like all right cool he was like let's uh let's i'm gonna tell him and then let's just go for lunch and then we went one day and you kind of rolled out the red carpet for us mm -hmm. and we all ate it and it was like it was like five five four or five of us well he was the host and the chef yes, and the exactly. cook and the waiter exactly. and he was doing everything he was the host he was the chef he showing was the, the business plan exactly. <laughs> and it was like that was exactly it bro we, we like you know obviously we're trying the food and stuff and and chef's kiss bro the your, your ceviche is incredible your food overall even like i was saying your empanadas all your food not just the ceviche all the food's amazing dude um thank you but 
you were you 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 did all those things just like you were talking about and then like when we left like i think that was that was the biggest thing that stood out to me like when we were driving i was like not just that but like he was he was he was he's handling all aspects of his business like and i think there's 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 a little golden nugget there in that like you you learned all the different aspects of your business like some people would love to just be the chef or some no, people would love to just be the boss right but you're willing to you know dig in and, and get in the trenches and and fill all those roles you learn those roles and so as you hire and as you manage a team like you have a m more respect for those different roles which they're all just as necessary to run a business especially a restaurant right yeah i, w I was forced to do it like i said right. we started with three people and like you know then we get to the point that I have 16 people. I mean, it's always, yeah. uh, I, you know, I don't see my, my restaurant, it's not because I'm ambitious, but I don't think, I don't see Annie's Cafe to be like kind of corporate, like those huge restaurants yeah. that have like, you know, four or 5,000 square foot. There's, I mean, you know, you, it's you just like, always. You like the the compact kind of well, It's a mom and pop shop. Yeah, it, it right. is. And, and, and also, I mean, like you said, that kind of goes along with what you what you've wanted to do. You're like, you know, I want, my own restaurant where it is just it's my specialty and i mean i don't know do you really see yourself being like a papa's food chain or mm, like no. you know like uh, and that that no goes alongside with what your goal is for also it goes back to with where, where, where you first started dude your, your grandma cooking yeah. in the kitchen bro no, and you're sitting there you're trying to, to put yourself dishes, in the oven <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what i'm saying I, I say mom and pop shop but like that's the, with the utmost respect like it's a, it's a you you of got course. a family-owned business like you know your 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 business helps support your family yeah. you know what i mean yeah my, my brother is actually my mom and my dad actually and they're they're working the restaurant now yeah you know yeah. and they're like my, my mom's 60, 62 years old, and she's running, she's killing it. <laughs> she's know. a sweetheart, though, bro. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> I don't know how she does it, but, you know, she's just doing it, like, yeah. perfect fine. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, kind of the same way how, how you're still trucking along. I mean, it's just kind of, I don't think anyone has it all figured out 100% of the way. I just yeah. think it's more of kind of like a stumble forward until you just figure it out, Yeah. you know? And it might not always be the way, you might not learn the way you think you're going to learn it, but you learn sometimes in uh, through experience with other interactions. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of crazy too. Like you're talking about your your mom in there. Like when when we were out there in Ecuador, your mom cooked the m meal for us and everything, and it was incredible, dude. And yeah. like it's like if you think about it, like food, and like you're talking about y'all used to have like the festive. Uh, dinners and like a whole bunch of food and stuff you think about food is one of the things that s knows no cultural boundaries yeah. like every culture celebrates food and you know uh kind of holds it as a as a like a form of of gathering like it it, it knows no culture boundaries that changes between cultures but everybody everybody has to eat right and in, in business they talk about like food shelter and uh I forget the other one. There's like these key things. Everyone has to have food. Everyone has to have shelter. Like so, it's it, it's it's a good industry to be in. Yeah, I mean, I think I believe it's always about location, and of course, you can make you can make good money if you have a good product. But yeah. it's always also you know my struggle, my everyday struggle is like I'm different though. You know, when you're different, <laughs> I, I I understand, man. You know, sometimes you got to carve your own lane out. Yeah, it's just, you know, uh, for example, like if you put my ceviche, right, which is like if you travel and you had ceviche before and you put a taco, pizza, burger, 
I said, which, said, which is the last thing people will eat, you know? It's just not because it's, it's the worst. It's just because people don't know about it. Well, yeah. and also I think ceviche is more, it's an elegant food. It's yeah. not something, like, I mean, if you put that, that's like putting it in front of, like, an 18-year-old kid who's hungry, and you're like, which one do you want, pizza, burger, tacos, or ceviche? He's like, pizza, tacos, you know? Not because I of ceviche. I take ceviche. <laughs> <laughs> but, but honestly, that's because after you eat ceviche, you're going to feel clean. You're going to feel good. You're going to feel healthy. You're going to feel light on your feet. After you eat that pizza, you feel like, oh, I'm so full. But in reality, the ceviche is going to be better for you I mean, mentally you you've got other good dishes too bro like that steak oh, dish the, the 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 one with the, the it's the beef and then the it, rice but just to give an example so when we first started at the post we have uh i thought it would have worked the same way like it works like five minutes away from yeah. the post right my my name was wearing straight up spanish right but i didn't realize there was just one unique spot it was a destination yep. spot so yeah if you want to try South American food, you got to go to Ant's Cafe, right? Yeah. Mm. Now, if you go inside the polls, there's a different diversity of people yeah. that drives to go inside the polls. Yeah. So when I first opened, you know, my, my, my name was in Spanish, you know, like, for example, like, um, churrasco al plato, right? And then it's like, oh, skirt steak, blah, 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 with french fries, and salad, and chimichurri, right? Yeah. It didn't work out. So all I have to do is just put it in English first. And they have to do that, you know. <laughs> well, I like your idea with that. Let me ask you this. Do you have a dish called the King Ceviche? No. Well, maybe maybe this, I think we found the source of the issue here. No, no, no. Uh, no but, I mean, and the, there's a, you got a shrimp dish, too, that is, yeah. has, like. So I have, to, I have to put in curry, and it works, yeah. but it, it has nothing to do with curry. It's just. It's, it's, to play gotta, it's like you said, the, the audience it posts is, is very diverse. You have yeah. all different kinds of people coming in there. So you have to you have to basically translate it into something that is understandable to your consumer. Yes. Which is, is pictures and right, like exactly. the, the writing, you know, yes. like they actually just the fact just where the, the dish is located. Yeah. You know, like if you put something with, with seafood first, I don't think people will catch the eye because when you look at something it's just like 10 seconds is yeah. like gonna be like okay, and so also most people whenever they look they look try to see the whole thing to see what they're looking for yeah you know so i mean if it's like you have it with you know the highest seafood and then it goes down i mean it, it might even be smart to put like the cheaper protein first and then go well i think that's what he's saying is you 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 got to put you can't like people uh, commonly people go with what they know right right like people are comfortable with being comfortable so he's you have to put the stuff that people recognize towards the top right yeah. and then once you've kind of got their attention then they'll start to yeah but switching just the name is it, it works tremendously and yeah. i was so so against of it you know i was like hell no there's i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna <laughs> do it but I, I ended up doing it and it worked out you know yeah so now i put a second fries like okay you know Yep. I mean, it's just... It's the same dish. Yeah. You just had to change the name to Steak and Fries. Yes. And now people get it. It's <laughs> like probably one of your most popular dishes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let it's me ask crazy. you this. What sort of... Uh, do you have any sort of big plans for the future? Well, um, I'm looking to see if I can just probably go... I, I miss my brick and mortar restaurant. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, because we used to do like tango nights. We used to do like... Uh, Sorry, and we used to have like a floor night, and then this restaurant was packed, and like, you know, and I can close it whenever I want. If it's dead, whatever, take a, this one day off, everyone's, you know. Now I'm like, yeah. But I, I mean, I like the post, it's just, don't get me wrong, it's just, 
Definitely, I made I made my brick and mortar. I think you do both, bro. Yeah, I that's mean, exactly. If you, if you look at it, like Chopping Block, for example, they're about to open a brick and mortar store. They're gonna keep their location there at Post, but they're opening a brick and mortar store out in Montrose. I think that's the key, right? Like you have this, you have this outlet at Post, and you have this mass audience. You know, tens of thousands of people come a week. Yeah. Like you, you keep your you keep your kind of your your Post at Post, your outpost at Post, and then you have your brick and mortar store, and you can use them to feed each other, right? Like yeah. people can get introduced to Andy's at at at, at Post, and then you can have you can kind of have. Your 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 flagship store at a brick and mortar store of your location, which you have a little more control of hours. You you can do these program nights and you have more space. I think that's kind of the route to take, bro. Yeah, I would love to go back to the come back to East Town, yeah. mm-hmm. because when well, I first opened in East Town, actually my restaurant became, uh, at the beginning I thought it was like this very political because it was a lot of people they were in the politics mm-hmm. you know they actually helped me out to stand because mm. have to think about it like who would have told like uh me this, this guy from south america has just opened something in east town when east town is booming 2003 no it is now i'm saying it, it is now but think about 2013 it was nothing it nothing. was mexican yep. tex-mex that's it yeah and I was actually, I was the first chef that moved into this area. Like, mm-hmm. without know nothing about East Downtown, I, you know. And that was called Second War. It was Mexican, and I was, like I said, a lot of Mexican-American community here. And at the beginning, like, you know, South American food, what the hell is this, you know? But I have very few people, very important people, like Yolanda Navarro, she just passed away, well, a couple of years ago. Lolita Guerrero, the, the president of East Chambers, um, yeah. Casaneda, they helped me out tremendously though. So there's a lot of support from the city that kept you. Yes, yes. Actually, um, they named um, October. Um, We're in October. Yeah, I, I want to say fifth or fifteenth. I think I, I have to actually investigate that. But it was uh, uh, the city of Houston named uh, they under uh, Andy's Cafe. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Sil- uh, Silvia, Silvia, That's huge. Uh, Silvia Garcia. Silvia Garcia, she also gave me a, um, some 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 sort of I forgot yeah. <laughs> some stuff. A, a proclamation, a proclamation, yeah, a date. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 nothing to shy like that. That's huge. No, no, that's it, huge. It is it is big, but it's just like I have so many. You know, I don't know if you remember my old story. I have like twenty something plaques. Yeah. With like all your accolades. You know, like from the from the press release and stuff like that, but. Now this day doesn't it doesn't turn into uh, to money you know like I think I think I believe we under underrated you know we should just have more mm-hmm. um, more customers you know yeah. because of uh, how many years we in business but I know this business is very very difficult because if you just don't pay attention like right like I, I would lie and say oh I've been on top of my restaurant like the ten years I think I would be a different. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it comes in waves. You know, sometimes yeah. you're super focused on it. Other times you have to step away to go, you know, take care of whatever you have to take care of in your own personal life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, but let's, let's, I mean, uh, we've been talking about a lot of the difficulties and stuff too, but let, let's be real. You're, you, you're a pretty successful restaurant, yeah, of bro. Course. Like, uh, what, let me ask you this. What, what's your favorite thing about being a restaurant owner or business owner or being, or, or being a chef? Um, what's your favorite? What th- let's talk about the good. The good thing is, like, I love to give my jobs to my guys. Nice. It's, it's amazing, uh, like, you know, because you just create this boundary between, uh, and I, ha- I have to hear so many stories about people, like, yeah. wild stories, 
and very touchy stories and like you know you became part of it you know i remember like special couple of years ago like when this huge wave of venezuelans that started immigrating to the united states mm-hmm. there was people that have nothing though yeah and they, bec- they, they come into my restaurant and bike and then months later they were having their own car so yeah it was very That's satisfying beautiful. Me, you know that yeah. is a good feeling to yeah. help people to help the people around you get up right and for me like you know trust me i mean like sometimes you put in there yourself but you just make sure they have work and they have jobs and they yeah. have their paycheck and stuff like that so well and also just to just to be on that i mean you even said you were your own biggest critic right yeah you know you probably you've kicked a lot of butt in the in your industry but also i think that just goes to be you know you, we always feel like as men we can do better or we yeah. can do more yeah. or we should have done more. And I feel like that's that's okay, but we also have to be able to appreciate the good with the bad because you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, I'm sure you I'm sure you see plenty of gratification whenever someone comes in and they eat your food for the first time and they love it. Yeah. Like, I mean, describe the feeling whenever someone just discovers Andy's Cafe and they talk about how much they love yeah, it. I mean, doesn't that, that feel that good? That's the best feeling. You know, yeah. my first restaurant, actually, I have to, uh, the first two months it was uh i have to make bring some guys in and put a wall through the little hole through the wall so i can see their faces so yeah that's the best satisfaction for a customer you yeah. know so it it, it it cost me a lot and like i'm not gonna lie to you because you know like i said starting off in the second war when everything was just nothing but mexican tex-mex surviving that thing it was very difficult yeah. but you know I knew people when they try they're like, oh my God, this is something different and they were so delicious, you know. So mm. it started coming in, coming in, coming in, you know. Right. I was actually pretty much I have when I first I remember a long time ago I looked at my first menu. Uh-huh. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 it was pretty um, from where you've come from then <laughs> yeah. to now. It was almost like like charity though, like you know, I have stuff for three bucks, you know. Crazy. Yeah, right. So because I have to start with how to start something new, like you know, like for example black clams. Um, no one like it. No one no knows about likes what? black clams. Black, black clams. clams. Yeah. Okay. From the ceviche, right? Yeah. That will happen on on the old location. One day I just get pissed off. I said, "Just I want to buy a thousand black clams." Any any person walking into that order would just give them one and try. It. They love it. So mm-hmm. after that, it's like we always short on black clams, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but because we have very unique um, uh, and different items, you know this. I was for some people it sounds weird, you know, and, and when it's weird or different, they don't like. It. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also there's people around here that have a standard issue palate where they just want kolaches, Whataburger, yeah. you know, uh, and then Whataburger for dinner again, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, but I mean, you know, it's it's that uniqueness that I mean that really keeps the city going around here. Yes. You know, and uh, yeah, no, I I think that's awesome. Everything that you've been doing. I mean, the ups, the downs. I mean, it's all part of the American dream. It's all part of the beauty of the story. It's all part of the this life is whatever you want to make it. You know, it's just how bad do you want it? So if, if you could go back in time and talk to the younger version of you, what is some advice you would give yourself? Listen to your mom. <laughs> Damn, that's uh, real. Hey, that's good advice. That's, I'm going to write this one down. <laughs> 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 you know, your mom is never wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. she sees on you, whatever wrong she sees on you, is just I would change it. I would have, I would have changed it on the, just like that, though. You know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I try to think about that also about listening to your parents more, 
because it's like they were around they saw you whenever you didn't even have consciousness you know you're running around five years old and you know throwing drinks on the ground and they're just like cut it out you know they they see you from every different direction when in reality most of the time we're like no i know what i'm talking about i don't need no help from from you and then it's like well mom was gonna have your best interest over anybody i i I think that's pretty common though like even like for me as i've gotten older i've started to ask my mom's advice way more and i've started to listen but like when i was younger like I, I didn't want to hear it. Okay, for my mom and my dad, whatever. What do y'all know? Y'all are old. <laughs> like, but as I, I, as we get older, I think we start to realize the the different and things they try to teach and whatever, us. Whatever thing they tell us that's gonna happen, it happens. It happens. You just, you just get yeah, mad at them, fuck. you know. You just yeah. say you start blaming them, man. Like, oh, because you cursed me. You know? it's, not, it's, just, it's only because you said it and you put the energy out there, mom. Yeah, like, it wouldn't have happened. Exactly. It's because they've lived the life like yeah. you know what i mean they've been down this path like we 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 forget that they were our age one time you know what i mean and i don't know i i i, I find myself calling my mom all the time now and just uh, telling her some about something that's going on and just yeah. trying to hear what but she all this have all this uh have a 17 years old son yeah mm-hmm. in Joshua. so he just turned uh 17 like three days ago and i don't like and always i say i give him advice and i said uh, right after that i said if you don't listen to me it's gonna happen because my mom is so i never listened to my mom and, <laughs> and, and it happened that. as a byproduct yeah yes uh i'm very happy that and blessed that he's very very behaved he's good yeah. good yeah it's different from me you know <laughs> yeah. i'm lucky so, so yeah. go go i was gonna ask, so if, if people are trying to find you on social media how, how do they find you and this cafe Houston in Instagram yeah. and this cafe Houston Facebook. Yeah. And that's all I know. I think that's we have so we have all. We have a TikTok too. It's Andy's TikTok. cafe. Yeah. Uh, it's cafe yeah. Houston. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the yeah, show. Guys, absolutely. Yeah, guys. Absolutely. It was amazing. Nah, you you kicked butt today, bro. I mean, it was thank wonderful you, to hear all your story about the, all these different restaurants getting uh, crowned ceviche king and uh, you know i mean all that stuff man it's it's an excellent story man thanks yeah. for sharing thank you guys Absolutely, appreciate man. that hey and, uh, y'all stop by the market november 11th come check out his new new venture the yeah. the kind of ecuadorian and south american jewelry it's called taiwan jeweler no yeah. taiwan jewels i'm sorry yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and taiwan. then uh, stop by andy's cafe get some food um the steak and fries is delicious but i recommend the ceviche for sure yeah <laughs> Awesome. All right. All right, cool. See y'all next time. H-Town Happy Hour, we out. Great work, bro. Great work today, man. That was good. Oh, 100%. That was great. That was right at man. an hour or two. Yeah, was right on the money. Train the well. truth called me twice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, it just flies by, man.